story two of the race of the swift by edwin carlyle litzy this librivox recording is in the public domain story two the robber baron the robber baron sat upon his throne for he was also a king no courtiers attended him no pages hung upon his slightest gesture in dignified solitude he sat and watched and watched and watched part of the country through which green river runs is almost as it was when the master left it with the seal of completeness its topography is unchanged except for the natural changes brought about by the primeval elements of wind and water there are vast stretches of timbered country checkered with cultivated acres and rugged limestone cliffs fringed with moss and garlanded with poison ivy the home of the robber baron was on the edge of one of these timbered tracks in an old oak tree this was his castle and his alone none of his feathered cousins dared perch in the spreading branches even to rest for a moment that tree was the property of the baron and he had proven his title to complete ownership more than once with beak and claws and beating wings at the very top of the tree a dead snag shot up a distance of ten or twelve feet this was the turret of the castle the watch-tower on its summit the old hen-hawk would perch and complacently view his wide domain and his trembling subjects and he was indeed a king he levied tribute from the air the earth and the water alike and whenever he poised and swooped a life went out one sound only caused his warrior heart to quake and that was the solemn voice of the great horned owl crying dismally in the night from the recesses of the wood here was a foe worthy of his steel bigger stronger and bulldog-like in his battles but the hawk took care not to pit his prowess against the power of this night marauder during the day he was safe for his one enemy who could wage successful warfare with him moped on a limb from sunrise till after dusk in the darkness he sat high and safe for the night-bird hunted low more than once the baron sleeping the sleep of the gorged glutton had awakened to the sound of mighty wings winnowing the air and he would draw his fierce head a little further down between his wing shoulders shuddering and afraid and if the night was moonlit and he happened to look down he would see a broad black shadow gliding swiftly between the trees a veritable spectre of death day after day the robber baron sat on the top of the snag in the oak tree this was his home his bed his point of lookout and his banquet chamber with almost telescopic keenness of vision he could see what was going on for incredible distances around him a rabbit's quiet movements while feeding a half mile away on the young clover in a brown stubble field the neutral tints of the prim little quail as they scurried over the saffron leaves and through the yellow grass a squirrel's bark back in the forest behind him a leaping fish in the stream which ran a good mile from his gray snag all this he saw and heard as well as many other things if he had recently dined and was well filled and comfortable he would ruffle his wings preen his breast feathers and gaze calmly upon the things which were his when he wanted them he would go and get them and when once those needle-pointed talons touched fur feathers or fins they never let go their hold until they reached the snag 
then one foot would seek the familiar grasp while the other held the victim down rigidly until the rending beak of the spoiler had torn out the life of his prize now years of rapine and plunder and slaughter had not only schooled the robber baron in the fine art of taking game of every description but it had made him an epicure as well for sailing over a barnyard one day he saw a plump pullet dozing in the warm dust by the side of a stone wall the instinct imparted by some daintily fed ancestor awoke and hardly knowing it the hawk swooped and clutched there was a terrible outcry from the stricken pullet and the barnyard tribe joined in the row with one voice the pullet was fat and heavy and struggled desperately but the sinewy pinions of the attacker had never failed him and he slowly rose with laboured flapping taking his captive with him but the hubbub had reached indoors where the farmer and his sons were taking their noonday meal and to them the fuss outside meant hawk hawk and nothing else for hens never cackle at any other time as they do when a hawk or a mink invades their midst so a boy rushed out with a gun and there barely clearing the tops of the trees in the orchard flew the raider the boy fired twice but when he ducked his head to gaze under the smoke the hawk was still going and with him the pullet the shot had whistled about the ears of the baron and a hot streak had run up his back and across his neck but no shot struck him fairly and he went grimly on when he at last sighted his tower his strength was giving down for his burden was heavy and the way had been long but he went up up bravely up breasting the clear air higher and higher and finally his feet rested on the old familiar place and he skilfully balanced himself with his wings as he feasted he realized that he had made a great discovery the tender juicy flesh which entered his greedy mouth in tempting strips was far more suited to his palate than was the meat of the wild things upon which he had hitherto preyed all of the wild flesh was tainted more or less with the exception of the luscious quail but here was something fit for even his kingly beak so as he ate he planned and his thoughts boded ill for the farm housewife thus it happened that for a time a feeling of peace and security reigned in the dominion of the king in the rabbit world the cottontails came more and more into the open venturing out from the briar patches and the low-growing bushes which were their natural protectors but they never failed to watch the air with one eye while they ate for the destroyer came silently and the first warning was the fatal shadow falling upon them followed by the smothering swish of wings then woe to the long-eared luckless one who was even a few feet from cover the descent of the bold robber was like a lightning bolt as swift and as deadly the quail began to trot with more confidence between the stubble rows for it was the autumn season and to hunt for berries and stray grains of wheat with less fear so with all the different families over which the robber baron held sway every day a broad thin shadow would pass over but it never dropped and the timid ground people whispered to each other that their dreaded enemy had found a new hunting-place and rejoiced accordingly at times they saw him returning nearly always flying low and heavily with a cumbersome prey in his clutches 
what it was they did not know but so long as he left them in peace they were content not to question his doings one golden afternoon the robber baron sat upon his turret in majestic loneliness he was a royal bird his head was flat his brow niched and frowning and his beak was curved like a boat-hook his mighty wings were folded closely to his sides his grey-white breast flecked with brown bravely met the winds which flew about his towering snag his sturdy legs were tufted to the second joint and his scaly talons black and steel-like in their powerful grasp curved firmly around the dead wood which formed his perch he was a type of strength and grace and the embodiment of rapacity and cruelty calmly and proudly his bold eyes roamed far and wide resting for a moment upon a waving irregular line of sedge caused by the passage of some four-footed thing then being drawn to the glinting breast of the river where some constantly widening circles showed the upward leap of a frolicsome fish but no heed at all did he pay to these signs which upon other days would have lured him to pursuit his aristocratic taste would no longer admit of such petty sacrifices and such poor food were not the feathers of a plump hen even at that moment littering the ground at the foot of his castle and had he not heard the night before a prowling raccoon crunching the bones which he had disdainfully cast aside the air was crisp with the tang of wild leaves which the frost had bitten and hazy with the indian summer glory of the season back in the forest behind him some maples were blazing in their crimson garments and the hardier leaves of the oak and chestnut were tinging a creeper encircling with many a close embrace the trunk of his own high tree burned like the fiery serpent of some magician emboldened by the truce which their lord had declared the bob-whites sent their inexpressibly pure notes from different points like the sounds of answering bells in the cornfield just across the river some men were working with long knives in their hands they attacked the serried ranks of yellow uniformed soldiery and wherever they went they left a gap round pumpkins which the mightest hand of frost had turned to purest gold were being carried by others to one huge pile forming a pyramid of plenty from the bountiful giver in a hickory tree near his castle two old crows were engaged in a very silly dispute and the baron turned a disgusted gaze upon the quarrelsome black things who knew nothing of dignity and all of sly theft far overhead a buzzard sailed along that dumb faithful scavenger of the wild who was never known to utter a sound from the beginning of time him the big hawk respected he attended to his affairs and never engaged in bickerings with his neighbors that he nested on the ground in the caves and in the hollows of rotten tree trunks was no concern of the baron who scorned the earth and never touched it but to rise again immediately the sun was slowly dipping towards the line of hills far to the west the watcher on the snag took note of this as he did of everything that went on around him and he knew that if he was to have a feast that day he must go about procuring it the barnyard which had been supplying him with his daily meal for the past ten days was not far away but the wily robber had become used to many things during his predatory existence and one of these things was that every house possessed a gun and that a gun has a remarkably long range when loaded for hawk 
during his last raid he had lost some feathers and there was a constant itching pain in one of his thighs where a shot had lodged he had tried to pluck it out with his murderous beak but his efforts had only aggravated the wound with the result that he was continually irritated he would visit that barnyard no more sweeping his bold eyes in another direction he beheld several miles away a wavering column of smoke ascending this came from the chimney of a farmhouse he made his resolve quickly the memory of countless repasts forbade the idea of even a day's fast the clamped toes unclasped clasped and unclasped again the graceful body leaned forward and the wing feathers quivered squatting low the big bird launched himself in air and the broad wings shot out and bore him up once again he was in the element he loved the tiny hearts of the ground people shook with fear as the shadow of the destroyer passed over the stubble field for weeks of immunity from attack had not lessened their fear of their bloodthirsty ruler but the shadow passed on and disappeared the river's placid breast mirrored his image as the great hawk sped on flying leisurely for he would need his strength upon his return then over the cornfield where the men were husking the yellow grain just over the variegated floor which the treetops of another forest made he passed on his flight for there was no reason to mount high and thus tire himself very soon the farmhouse came in sight and in the big yard was a grove of locust trees these afforded an excellent shelter from which to spy and presently his feet gripped a limb he tilted forward from the momentum of his flight but regained his equilibrium instantly and his searching eyes turned this way and that in quest of a victim about the yard some matronly hens were straying with here and there a strutting cock self-conscious and pompous the daring robber did not hesitate long a particularly tempting plymouth rock hen drew his eye and instantly he left his perch arose in the air and prepared to swoop just as he closed his wings for this purpose a babble of twittering arose which he had learned to dread and around the corner of the house sped two martins with fluttering wings and wild cries of anger dismayed the marauder spread his wings again and strove to escape while a fearful tumult began among the fowls in the yard followed by a wild rush for cover swift of wing and fearless the tiny attackers vigorously pursued the fleeing hawk hovering over him with their shrill cries and now and again dropping upon his back to deliver a sharp peck when they had chased the invader from the yard they considered their duty done and came back in wild curves to their box on the pole in the rear of the house enraged and smarting from the chastisement which he had received the hawk sailed up in a white ash tree to rest and consider the situation as he debated dusk came on and he became aware that he was desperately hungry the yard was guarded and he could not enter there disappointed and sore he was preparing to depart empty-handed when his restless eye caught sight of a dark spot moving over the ground not far away it was a foraging hen coming home to roost five seconds later his pinions hissed over the head of the doomed fowl the knife-like talons caught and held and he painfully rose to begin his homeward flight 
his prey was a full-grown hen and was heavy as lead but when he arose with his spoil he never let go his hold so over the tops of the trees he went again the limp body in his grip brushing some of the leaves so heavily did it sag back over the cornfield forsaken now by the harvesters and his flight was so low that a man with a club might have struck him then the river in which the first stars were beginning to gleam how his legs ached and each motion of his wings wrenched his body he had never been so late returning before and the distance had never seemed so long on the other side of the stubble field rose his tower waiting for him to come home as it had waited through all his life would he ever reach it he would if it cost him his life for he could not sit on the earth and eat like a filth-devouring buzzard his dragging flight over the field was more than half completed when he heard a sound that turned his blood to ice it was the deep solemn note of the horned owl boomed forth at the edge of the wood he had tarried too long at his hunting and his enemy was coming on his night hunt for food swiftly the hawk dipped and swerved but those big red-green eyes to which darkness was day beheld him and gave chase the wily robber dropped his burden hoping to bribe the spectre in his wake but with a rush the owl passed over the cast-off carcass and sped on the hen-hawk heard the soft feathery wing swish coming nearer and nearer and though he was no coward he knew that his hour was at hand for he was worn and spent whereas his foe had fresh strength zigzagging nimbly he strove in this manner to elude his pursuer but the big owl had waited long for this chance and he was resolved that it should not escape him suddenly he struck out with beak and claws and the hawk careened wildly from the shock then righting himself turned to give battle it was the last resort and so they clashed and clashed again there arose the rasping of beak on beak and the dull thud of flesh propelled against flesh feathers were torn out by clawfuls and the breast of each combatant was streaked and dabbled with blood at last the owl maddened and all-powerful in his might beat and smothered his antagonist to the earth and holding that kingly head on the ground with the vice-like grip of one foot with his curved beak he prodded and tore till life was gone from the robber baron the gray old snag which was his tower waited for his coming that night in vain End of story two.